Hello, friends, and welcome again to another episode of the Potluck Podcast. I am Jared Cornett, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Matt Hensley and Alan Murray. Guys, how are you doing on this uh, day after Cooperative Program Sunday? I am doing okay, except for something completely unrelated to Southern Baptist topics. Uh, we have a major wildfire raging about 50 miles from us, which is far on the one hand, uh, but with the weather and the wind and some of that kind of stuff, it uh, it could get fairly close to comfort, but it has already wiped out about a thousand acres and uh, then some. So it's a big one and our outside just pretty much looks like a volcano went off, like it's super dark and and uh, kind of ashy all over. So so yeah, fun fun times in Mayhill, but, uh, but yeah, doing well. What about you, Jay Allen? I am slowly dying of hay fever. Um, the 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 oak pollen did not get me, but the pine pollen uh, that is falling now in eastern North Carolina is slowly killing me. I think one zizol a day will keep the allergies away. My brother, I am I am doubled up on zizol right now, oh, and man. I am it, it's just not not cutting it right now. I mean, it's it's just you you've survived COVID, you've survived the COVID vaccines, and here's your chance to survive pollen, and that's what's going to take you out. That's I, I'm not sure that I've had COVID. Um, I just had a negative test, and a lady that told me I might have had it when I had my reaction. So, fair enough. Well, I know you want me to die, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> uh, he just he has something that he wants from you. That's all. That's all it is. I know. I'm just waiting for you to go, baby. Coming for those guns. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we're not here to talk about Alan's guns or uh, pollen, which is uh, also something that I hate, but it's not kicking my butt because the Zizol is working for me right now. Uh, but maybe we need to just inject Alan with uh, all the allergy shots next year, and that'll help him. I don't know. Uh, but as I alluded to, yesterday was Cooperative Program Sunday. As Lewis Martin, who's a faithful deacon at my church, always points out, we do not give to the cooperative program, but we give through the cooperative program. Amen. Uh, in our uh, in our uh, last deacons meeting, he noted that in the notes and said that you know we always note that we made our cooperative program payment. He says it says that we gave to the cooperative program, but we don't give to it; we give through it. Uh, did you guys do anything yesterday? Did you mention it at all? Or uh, Alan, I think you were on vacation at the church. You with visited did they uh say anything about it and did you say anything about it for your church while you were away so it was not mentioned at the church that i visited uh it was a southern baptist church had a great sunday away however at so we get our bulletins from lifeway and all of the bulletins that we get every year correspond to the sbc calendar so if there is an event on the sbc calendar you can count on it being on our bulletin that sunday and so, um, actually, I, I make our bulletins, and I made them early and put them out on Monday. And I guess whoever was cleaning up thought that they were still from last Sunday's and threw them all away. And one of my deacons remade them. But all of the ones that I made and all the ones that were remade by one of my deacons both uh, highlighted the cooperative program on the front and back covers. And so, I, I don't know that it was announced, uh, but it was in everybody's hand. And, uh, that last Sunday was co-op program Sunday. Yeah. For, for us, you know, I do the announcements and play the piano and preach and everything else and run the live stream. So uh, if it's going to happen, it's probably going to be 
uh, me in this season of our church's life. And uh, so during the announcements, you know, we we announced a few things that we were doing locally, and I kind of uh, kind of started setting out some some seeds for something I'll be doing now on my Monday morning emails to the church family about how God is working here, there, and everywhere. And so as I was talking about it, you know, here we were raising some funds for one of the local Southern Baptist churches in our association for their new food pantry and uh, not funds, but uh, items and toilet paper and all of that kind of stuff. If anybody has seen our uh, online service, then you see all the stuff kind of there down front, a uh, bunch of toilet papers, hatch green chili, of course, because we're uh, New Mexico, a couple of spam cams of spam that I thought I might pull aside and send to Jay Allen just to to love on him a little bit and, and serve him. Uh, but so we shared that. But then I said, also, when y'all give, and I, I made that point through the cooperative program, every dollar that you give, 10% is, is ultimately sent on to our uh, state convention. Uh, they keep some and then the rest are sent on. And, and I just kind of walked through how that works and, uh, and shared just a few things of what was happening through the IMB, through the NAM. Uh, mission boards and all of that kind of stuff. And what was really cool that really, I, I think it just shows our church, you know, where they can see that as they give sacrificially, and our church is very generous, uh, and we give more than 10%, but that's the kind of the minimum of uh, some of the things that we do. Uh, but at the end of the year, all the giving that is above our budget needs for the year then is split three ways to local missions uh, international missions through the IMB and the North American missions through the North American Mission Board. And, uh, and so I think the people really resonated with that as they've been giving, they see that it's not, not just going to pay for my Corvette. Uh, it's truly going to, to advance the kingdom here, there, and everywhere. And uh, so we, we highlighted that and then highlighted it again in my uh, email. And each week, I'm going to put like a story from each of those areas, either something that's happened here, something that's happened with NAM or our seminaries, and then something that's happened in the IMB. So it was a good day for uh, for us and uh, to highlight some of those things. And what about you, Cornut? But a small portion does finance your Corvette. Of their a small it. portion does, in fact, finance <laughs> Corvette. Uh, well, uh, we do not get our bulletins from Lifeway. We make them in-house every week. Uh, so... Uh, we do not have the cooperative program bulletins, and what I do not play the piano. Secretaries makes your uh, bulletins. That's that's more like I, I digress. <laughs> and I do not play the piano or sing or run the live stream at my church, thankfully, because that would be very bad if I did. Yeah, Mark praises the Lord for that. <laughs> but what I did was, so we we're, we're going through James. I think Matt, you're going through James as well. Uh, we were at James uh, one nine through twelve, which talks about the brother of humble circumstances needs to humble in his exaltation and the rich man needs to uh, boast in his humiliation. And we talked about, you know, the context of those verses, but I came to kind of the application about how we spend our money. And I talked about how when you give at Plymouth Park, you give a portion of your money to us that will go to the cooperative program, just like you did, Matt. I was actually in a uh, meeting of Irving pastors two weeks ago from various denominations and they all went on the room and said what church they're at and kind of you know we had some charismatics and some fundamentalists and all that and i said i'm jared corner pastor at plymouth park and it's all right that we're not all southern baptists in this room because when we get to heaven we will all be southern baptists so even if you're not here you will be one day and they all got to laugh out of that but I, I told our church i'm unashamedly southern baptist because there's no other organization in the world where i believe that in the vast majority of our 46,000 churches you'll hear 
biblical preaching every single Sunday. And uh, if you want to go to Bible college or seminary, as you grow up hearing that preaching, you get half off tuition at one of the six largest seminaries in the world just for being Southern Baptist, not because your academics are good or anything like that. And if while you're in seminary, you want to plan a church, the North American Mission Board will help you do that. Or if you want to go to the mission field, you don't have to raise your own money. We'll send you, we'll finance you, we'll give you health insurance and retirement, and you can go on your own because we give our money together. And that's uh, one way that I highlight that when you get to Plymouth Park, last year we gave $100,000 to the cooperative program. We gave another $80,000 to uh, SBC causes. So $180,000, 10% of what we brought in went back out of our church building last year uh, to help church plants and things like that. I'm going to Montana in three weeks to go uh, hang out with the North American Mission Board Church plant up there in Helena. And uh, we're probably going to partner with them and help them in some ways. And so I love the SBC. We just highlighted what the cooperative program does. Uh, and it's a blessing. Yeah, on our Friday episode, we have uh, Dr. Chitwood on it, and uh, and that was something we talked about through the IMB's work. Just the fact that, you know, I've I've been in Baptist churches my whole life, and I've had where the missionary comes in and is already tired, they're already stressed, and they're tired and stressed because they've just been on the mission field, but they're stressed also because now they have to fund to be able to get back, and you know because those that are on their own, you know, they're constantly having to resource themselves and raise the funds and all of that kind of stuff. But the IMB though, they can come back on their furloughs or whatever else. And, you know, in the case of our church, we've got the mission home where they can stay and always just give them the option. I'm like, Hey, if you want to just come this Sunday and be fed and just be loved on by our church, I'll, I'll share who you are, that kind of deal. And, and just let that happen. If you want to share what God is doing over there, by all means, I mean, the pulpit's yours for that. Uh, but the fact that they can come back and be recharged instead of come back and try and build up the bank account again is such a blessing because that's that's in our charter. We're we're here for the propagation of the gospel. And uh, Plymouth Park is is larger than both of our churches. Uh, you know, uh, Jay Allen and I we both have smaller churches. On our own, maybe we could fund a missionary, perhaps you know, pooling everything together, maybe raising some money. We might be able to fund one missionary, at least for their living experiences and some of that kind of stuff. We probably couldn't do the life insurance or the health insurance or, you know, retirement plans, all that kind of stuff. But when the three of our churches cooperate with those other 46 or 47,000 churches, we're able to plant churches all over across this country, all around this globe, sending missionaries. And it's truly a great thing to see. And uh, one neat thing to just put on your radar that he talked about was some work that's being done in the deaf community. And uh, they've got a number of missionaries that have recently been trained and then were kept here because of COVID and some of that kind of stuff. They started doing their uh, like Zoom Bible studies back where they were and several people got saved. And uh, and so Chitwood has a interesting theological joke uh, that, that we'll share on Friday. Uh, but just some great things happening from deaf and blind to you know every country that we have out there, those that we can't even know where they are or who they are, and everything in between. And so it's really cool to get to highlight uh, that in our churches. Well, speaking of something cool that happened, uh, not actually, not in a, a church in the normal sense, uh, but could be a church. A couple of, uh, I don't know, what, two years ago, Alan, we interviewed Danny Aiken on the podcast, and he talked about how they were training people in prisons to uh, become pastors and uh, uh, preach the gospel in there. Well, 
uh, this has nothing to do with Danny Aiken or what Southeastern is doing. Um, but, however, uh, there was an interesting story that happened in Tennessee where they brought in 11 pastors and 11 uh, worship leaders and a, a tent revival broke out, Matt. Uh, you sent the story to us. What did you think about it? Well, for, first of all, I give God the glory that over 100 inmates made decisions for Jesus Christ that night, uh, making professions of faith. Others were making rededications. Uh, 40 of the men who put on a list to be baptized. So it's really cool to see. Uh, we were kind of joking about having the 11 guest speakers and 11 worship services, you know, sounding like it was almost some kind of a mega church, you know, church conference or whatever, but really it was because they had 11 pods at that facility. And so they're spread out all over. And of course with COVID, there's not a whole lot of intermingling right now in uh, prison facilities and, and at least in New Mexico, COVID is kind of off the charts in those. And so I know they're being very careful. And so the fact that even in this season that you can have these pastors coming in, these worship teams coming in and uh, share the good news of Jesus with them, I think is, is incredible. And, uh, and we praise God for those that made some kind of a decision for uh, Christ. And, uh, and I like the quote that's in the uh, article. We'll be putting this in the show notes. But uh, the guy that kind of organized it said it was awesome. Holding these services was something that the Lord had really just laid on me to do. I knew that I might get some pushback or even some criticism, but I just knew I had to be obedient to it. And, uh, and, and isn't that true for all of us? Like we, we tell our folks, like at the end of the day, when you share the gospel, when you do whatever it may be, when you're obedient to Christ, there may be pushback, there may be criticism, there may be ridicule, or worse, even persecution. Uh, but we are to be obedient to to Christ first and foremost and trust him with those steps. And so I just love to see this kind of inaction uh, of them going out and sharing to uh, these prison uh, prisoners and so forth. And who knows, you know, maybe they get out and, and become ministers themselves. I mean, it's just a neat, neat story all around. What are your thoughts, Jay Allen? I think it's great. Um, anytime prison ministry, legitimate prison ministry is going on is great. Um, of course, there's a, a biblical for it, I think, um, to, to minister to those that are in prison. And often it's something that's forgotten because it's out of sight, out of mind. Uh, but it's also something that not everybody has the ability to do. Um, I, I'm not saying that we should pass the buck off or anything like that and say, well, I can't go and minister in the prison because I don't have these qualifications or I don't have the connections, those kinds of things. But it's kind of like we were talking about with the cooperative program. Um, that we can minister through those that are already doing that kind of ministry. And so to bring this to the forefront and, and remind Southern Baptist of this, um, I know personally um, I've got connections to folks that are doing prison ministry, chaplains who are serving in the, the prisons to uh, either minister locally to sheriff's departments and corrections officers, but also to those that are in there. Um, it, it's, it's amazing the things that, that God does in the places that we're not always aware of. Uh, sometimes if it wasn't for articles like this, we wouldn't know what he's doing, uh, but, but he's always doing a million things at a million different times that we're not even aware of. Yeah. I, I like to quote at the end, uh, that these things may become a tradition, uh, because he has little choice in the matter. He has to do it because if I didn't do it again, my staff and all these pastors would vote me out of office. <laughs> so, you know, it obviously left an impact on them. And, uh, and I think it's really cool. Jared. Yeah, super cool. Well, this is the Potluck Podcast, and we talk about Southern topics, and we didn't talk about having a Southern topic uh, on this episode, uh, and so I've got one for you guys if you're interested. Uh, my wife 
took our two sons today to the strawberry patch. Went down the strawberry patch. This is something I always did growing up. You go down the strawberry patch, you pick as many strawberries as you want, you put them in the bucket, you take them back up, you pay by the pound, and you get the freshest, most delicious strawberries. You can make all kinds of different treats and snacks with them or just eat strawberries on your own. Alan, I've got a feeling that you did a little bit of this growing up, Matt. I don't know if you did it in the Metroplex of Dallas. Uh, Alan, did you ever do it? I did. Um, just north of Wilmington, uh, there's a farm called Lewis Farms. And I think everybody who is in, you know, probably 50 miles of Wilmington, um, although nobody to the east because that's ocean, uh, has visited Lewis Farms and picked strawberries and has uh, probably had their strawberry ice cream. Um, it, it's just a wonderful experience. We haven't done it with our kids yet. That might be a good idea to carry them as well. Uh, you know, if, if you buy strawberries in the store, chances are they were picked when they were not ripe because strawberries don't have a very long shelf life once they are ripe uh, and that they were gassed. Um, I'll never forget a deacon at one of my churches used to drive trucks and he was hauling a tractor trailer load of strawberries back from Florida. And the folks at the farm said, whatever you do, make sure you don't breathe the gas in that we've packed the strawberries in. And I thought, that, that tells me more than, than I probably wanted to know about the strawberries that we get in the store. And so if you get the opportunity to get fresh ones, they're actually ripe. Uh, you know, a lot of times when you get them in the store, they're either, you know, going to be soft and mushy in two days, or uh, they're still white all through the middle and, and incredibly tart. And so going to pick your own is always a delight. And kids love it. I mean, it's on their level. Um, they can see them. They're almost eye level with them. You know, if you're a Sasquatch like myself, it might not be the best activity in the world. Uh, but your kids will love it. I recommend it. Go pick some strawberries. I'm just picturing Kyle Beerman uh, going, picking uh, strawberries and being at eye level with all of them. Uh, that's the little, pretty the little hobbit, the little hobbit, the little hobbit out there picking some strawberries. Uh, this will not surprise any of you. Um, if it's healthy, I probably don't eat it. And that includes strawberries. And so I do not eat strawberries. I do eat those strawberry bonbons. And that is the only thing that I really have to add to this discussion. We do, however, have a cherry patch that is kind of the same idea. You go, you pick some cherries and all that kind of stuff and and uh, and then pay at the end. And so I also don't do that either. Um, I might have a cherry Dr. Pepper, uh, but that's about as close as I'm gonna get with cherries. So- Matt. But, yeah. Uh, just, like just for your future reference, so you don't embarrass yourself, uh, it's an orchard, not a patch when it comes to cherries. You know what? I also- They're, they're on trees. Don't care. <laughs> Alan, do you uh you're an old man. Do you carry the candy around that looks like strawberries? Uh you know referring <laughs> to uh, I do know what you're referring to. Um, I do not carry them around. Um my lovely wife, uh, because of your banter, especially uh the other day had a free coupon with Ibotta for some Worthers. So I've got a bag of Worthers right now. And one of my deacons at church gave me a Sam's Club size container of atomic fireballs. And so I've got enough atomic fireballs to last me until Jesus comes back right now. I'll take care of your uh, sinuses. I never voluntarily carried those. What was that? Those will help with your sinuses, the atomic fireballs. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating uh, curry or something for supper tonight. It's also a great idea. Uh, we are, we can't keep strawberries and blueberries at our house. That, that my kids eat them like they're going out of style, and we, uh, we get all our fruit at Costco. The fruit at Costco is very good. 
uh, at least it is here. But I agree with Alan. We grow, we, we get some blueberry bushes in our backyard. We got some strawberry plants that we're growing. Uh, and so hopefully we'll be able to uh, not necessarily keep up with our kids because we won't grow enough the next few years. But hopefully as we continue to grow our garden, we'll have some of that. Matt, I, I hope you got good life insurance. I don't want to tell you, man. <laughs> you, got, you live like the most unhealthy lifestyle I've ever seen in my life. And I love it. If if I could grow uh, cows in the backyard, we'd be all set. But uh, thankfully, I have members of the church that provide us with uh, beef. So uh, that's about all I eat. Well, churches. Uh, those coming to the potluck, you can always eat unhealthy at your potluck, but try to eat a little bit healthy throughout the week. But we thank you for joining us. Hopefully um, you are giving to your local church and your local church is giving back through the cooperative program. And let's certainly pray for those revivals happening in prisons in Tennessee. No one is too far from God. And we certainly believe that. And go pick you some strawberries this week and uh, some blueberries. Make some uh, great, delicious snacks with that. Or don't if you're Matt Hensley and go to Cherry Farms or uh, what did he call them? I don't know. It's Orchard, though. Uh, join us next time. Stay Baptist time. Stay Baptist hour. Stay Baptist, my friends.